When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Wrapping up hour number one here on Herd at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me as well. Always learning things. Yeah, we're trying to figure out <laughs> because the, the what they call on flopping has changed, so we spent most of the break trying to research that. Uh, but let's be joined now by uh, Nate. Let's talk Nebraska basketball on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline. Nate, what's going on, man? Hey, how y'all doing today, man? What's up, Nate? Yeah, I uh, I was listening to y'all talk, man. The one thing that about a fishing, I mean, you got to be consistent, man. Mm-hmm. Just be consistent. You know, what I mean, that's all that that that, that coaches ask for. Is, well, coaches gonna cry anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they gonna cry about everything. But I'm saying, like, as a fan watching the game or as a fan watching your team, you just want consistency, you know. Mm-hmm. And you take like that Creighton game that they lost in the what was that the Elite Eight. Yeah. Against mm-hmm. San Diego State. Yep. They've been letting the play physical the whole game. Yep. You know what I mean? And then you're going to call it. I mean, it was a foul at last, you know, the shot attempt, but they've been letting the play yep. physical Ticky-tack. the whole game. Yeah, it had not so, been I a mean, foul for most of the game, was, was why people were upset. Right. And San Diego State was a real physical team. Yep. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, just be consistent. And, uh, yeah, just thanks for taking my call, fellas. Absolutely, you, Nate. Man. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I mean, consistency is, is the – It's what you strive for. It is. And I will say, though, there is – generally, he's right. Consistency is what you're asking for out of officials. But there are situations – like that San Diego State game is a good example. Because of how physical San Diego State plays, it is a huge advantage to them if the referees are calling a looser game mm-hmm. because they're letting more stuff go. So even if it's consistent – it's still an advantage for San Diego State, right? That's where consistency isn't always good enough because not only should it be consistent, but the way in which you're calling the game should not create a clear advantage for one team or the other. And when you've got a super physical team, calling a loose game definitely creates an advantage for them. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking too, in, mo- in that moment in the game, because there are, I'm just thinking back to, to tight moments in games that that I've officiated. Whenever you are in, because it was there a timeout before that that play. I'm trying to remember. I want to say yes. I think so. I think it was coming off a dead ball. So officials will all meet together mm-hmm. and be like, okay, here's where we're at. Yeah. Let's just say it's eight seconds left. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that San Diego State's going to try to get a shot off. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Creighton, good defensive team. Here's what we need to watch out for. We need to watch out for contact in this area, this mm-hmm. area. So it's almost like hyper-focus at that mm-hmm. point because they had time to think about it yeah. and talk about it versus if it was actually happening. Yeah, if it was like an open floor play. If it was uh, com- like a live clock yeah. and, and, you know, you were – Live just, action. Yeah, you just saw Creighton way. hit a two to yeah. tie the game or whatever it was, and there was no timeouts left, and they were just going, going, going. Most of the time you see those those type of games end in just the buzzer. Yeah, and that's kind of the, fr- the other frustrating part too is not only was – that a game where that type of call had been ignored most of the game but also in that situation usually it has to be egregious and again Mm -hmm. not saying that's how it should be but that is typically how basketball works right end of shot clock end of half end of game the foul usually has to be over the top in order for it to actually be called when you combine that with how the game was actually being called it made it a very frustrating foul call, even if by the book it was a foul, right? The the thing we're talking about here with Nebraska ball and Kasey and, and that type of thing is much more common than that. Like it is a – I would challenge you guys because as fans, most of the time we watch the ball too. We, we focus on the ball. It's usually only when we have a vested interest in what's happening off the ball – that we start paying attention to what's going on outside of, of the actual basketball. That's really challenging to, to train yourself to watch. But I, I, would, I would ask you to watch other games, non-Nebraska basketball games where you don't have a, a, a vested interest. Watch away from the ball for like 10 minutes. You will see a level of physicality that I don't think most people understand happens in college basketball games. The only reason I watch is because I used to have to scout teams, and so it's kind of a habit to watch what's happening away from the ball. And there is so many fouls that the refs just don't even see. Mm -hmm. And it's really frustrating at times, but it is not feasible for three dudes covering that much area with guys that move that quickly to catch everything. It's just not a thing that's possible. I mean, literally, there's a story about how and this is the NBA, so it's a little different. But Kobe Bryant used to read the referee rule books so he understood where their eyes would be at any given time so he could get away with stuff. Like, that's a real thing he would do. So there's obviously blind spots there. Some people take advantage of them in, like, a super extreme way, like Kobe. Mm-hmm. And some people just are like, eh, if I do this off ball, I'm probably going to get away with it. And most of the time you do, and sometimes the ref just happens to be glancing or the ball gets passed, and so his eyes follow, and you're off ball making a foul while his eyes are following the ball, and then you get called for it, right? But 90% of the time, you're going to be able to get away with stuff off the ball because it is not possible to see everything. It just isn't. So over the weekend, funny story for you, little, little ref story, I made a call from deep Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm running behind everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually should be, I should not be monitoring anything in the paint. I should not be monitoring anything, even probably up to the elbow. But uh, it's a fast break. I'm, I'm the trailer. Mm-hmm. I'm the trailing official. And boom, I, I see what I think is a foul from where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So I make the call. Now I'm completely out of position mm-hmm. to make this call. Coach is unhappy. He's like, why is there a guy down there if you're going to make the call up here? I said, from my angle, it looked like he got him from behind. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trailing. And I said, whether you like it or not, that's the call, and we're shooting two free throws mm-hmm. right now. 
So the game goes on, and I'm trailing again. Uh, guy goes up for a layup. Coach thinks there's contact. Guy down low doesn't call. Mm-hmm. I don't call. And he's like, he's like, <laughs> wait a second here. Why am I? Wh- wh- why are why are you calling every ticky tack foul down low on us, mm-hmm. but you aren't calling fouls on fast breaks? I said, wait a second. I thought I wasn't in position to make that call. <laughs> I said, now I'm now I am. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those things where you just can't ever make anybody happy. No, absolutely as an not. official ever. And it, it's it's what you have to live through as a fan. But it's also the only reason these games happen mm-hmm. because without officials, the games wouldn't happen. Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah, and it's. I mean, you're right. It, it is. Super frustrating, though. I've been, at, I've been at it from a coach's perspective. Obviously, I've been at it from a, a player and fan perspective as well. And every and, – and as a commentator, every different role you have, you view the officiating differently, mm-hmm. right? And so that's part of what you're talking about where there is, really is no winning in terms of being an official. It is a pretty thankless job. That being said – College basketball officiating is often very bad. Well, yeah, and, you know, this is another point to bring up, too, because you, what people don't understand is from, like, fourth – from, like, second grade to, say we'll, – we'll call it eighth grade. Like, it, that's all development. Like, that's what that should be prided mm-hmm. on. Yeah. It shouldn't be wins and losses in fifth grade. Right. It should be development. That's it. Once you get to high school ball, I mean, maybe, like, set, we'll, we'll say seventh and eighth grade ball can be competitive. You're probably um, – getting to a point you're where you're, point, yeah. you're developed at, and a good basketball player and you're probably playing on some good select teams and AAU ball and things. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll take those age groups out of it. So then maybe from seventh grade to, to the end of high school, like you're playing competitive basketball. And when you get to play competitive basketball, the cool thing is you don't have to, like, really worry about all of those – those developmental calls that you had in, in a fifth-grade basketball game, like constant traveling, double dribbles, things like that, because you know you're going to get good, clean basketball because this is how these guys play. Now what you have to wonder is, okay, how physical are they going to be? Mm-hmm. That's really it, right? It, it comes down to being physical. It comes down to being skilled. And it comes down to, um, you know, keeping everybody's heads cool. And then you get into college ball, and it's even – more of that, but elevated, mm-hmm. correct? And then, you know, you same thing in the NBA, but the NBA kind of like runs itself. Like, I don't know um, how, how often NBA officials are, are really looked at as like, hey, you're, you're dictating this game. Like, no, it's like the, it's the star player that's making $40 yeah. million dollars on the court right now that's doing it. Uh, but it's just, the, it, it should be an easier job than college officials make it. Um, and that's yes. what I think people get frustrated about because you can go, you can figure out the game flow. You can figure it. You can figure out um, how, how the speed of everything is just kind of like going. And as I'm like working through this scenario in my brain, it's, it's not hard to be accurate or confident in your call, Mm -hmm. but everything in today's world with replays and um, monitor visits and, you know, pe- people in, in earpieces, like, well, well, we'll talk about it with football. Like, you know, you hear like, there, there's no way that that, was, um, that that was a foul or a penalty or whatever. And 
that's what actually hurts officials at the end of the day because people can see that they got the call wrong, right? And not just that, but I I think part of the thing, especially with basketball, that we don't really consider is all three guys not only have to be good and accurate, but they also have to be on the same page as to how the game flow should be, right? Because if you have one guy calling a super tight game and one guy calling a looser game, it feels like super inconsistent officiating (laughs) because it is, but one guy's being super consistent, the other guy's being super consistent, but their consistent is different, mm-hmm. right? So that's the other thing that you don't, like, it's the same like any other team. You could have a really good offensive tackle and a really good offensive guard, but if your center is bad, it's going to look like sure. your offensive line is and, bad. And that goes back to scheduling and having the right guys on the court, but then you can see, you could make the same case, though, that teams would pick up on, oh, Ravi and Andrew, they're, they're hard-nosed guys that call a lot of fouls, so uh, we got we to gotta stay disciplined in this game, or versus loose and we can play whatever.